Alrighty, if you have a Bible, I will be looking at uh, Hebrews 1, 2, and 5. Those are chapters. So if you just want to stick your finger there, we'll just kind of, we won't read the whole chapters, but we're kind of going to be glancing over them. Uh, Nishila, can I get you to help me up here this morning? If you wouldn't mind being my uh, whiteboard writer, I would really appreciate that. Because my handwriting is not all that great, and I'm not sure that if I actually wrote anything on the whiteboard, you'd be able to understand it. So, so I'm going to delegate for that. Uh, this morning, I was hoping that we could just take a moment and maybe, for, uh, for me, these kind of things are fun. I like to kind of try to take different concepts and try to break them down and try to understand them better. And so for me, that's fun. Maybe that's not for you. So I'm going to have some fun this morning. I hope you do as well. All right, Ms. Sheila, can you write the word truth on there? Um, I want to talk about truth this morning. Um, I put a truth sermon together a couple of years ago, and it was actually before we had all the COVID. It was actually right before all the COVID stuff started, and, uh, and I talked about truth and how we need to find the truth and so forth and so on. And as I was looking through it, I thought it might be a good time to talk about truth once again, because it seems like now after uh, everything that's happened with politically and the COVID stuff, trying to find truth is even more of a challenge. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. So I thought, well, let's talk about truth again for just a, for just a little while. So when I say truth, what comes to mind? Just a one word that comes to mind when I say truth. If you'll write that on the board. And let's kind of popcorn around and we'll get a few things and it should give us sort of a baseline of where we as a congregation kind of believe truth comes from or what truth is. And then we can, what? The word. See, I like that one. Unchangeable. <laughs> you know, you always got to make it political. I don't understand. No. Not yet. Okay. We're going to get to that point, but not yet. Okay. What else? What else comes to mind when you think of truth? I would say just with these three things, Jesus, the word, unchangeable, you have a pretty good idea of where we're going to get truth and what truth is. Okay? I would say from these three things, where are we going to find truth? Or we believe as a congregation, where are we going to find truth? God's word. Which, as a congregation, I would say that's probably pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay? Now, I kind of figured that was kind of the answers that I was going to get from from you guys. As a matter of fact, I was kind of counting on that because if it wasn't, then I thought, okay, we're going to have to have a whole other sermon about something else. Okay? But if you bring this word to about anybody else in the world who doesn't go to church, who doesn't believe in the Bible, you're going to get some pretty interesting answers of what they think truth is. Okay? And I think that that is part of the problem as to why people in the world out there struggle so much. It's because they have no concept or understanding of what truth is. Okay. Now, I believe that on a daily basis, we are confronted with different issues and things that we have to address, and we have to address those with the truths that are given to us. Okay, does that make sense? I'm going to expand it just a little bit more. Okay. It says in John, it says what? The truth will set you free. Okay. And as Christians, we want to live that truth-free life, right? That, that life that the truth will set us free, excuse me, okay? And to do that, we find that in the Word of God. But let's take one of these uh, 
hot political topics, if you will. All right. Say the biggest thing right now, especially where I work and the things I deal with is the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated. Right. Okay. Now, I've heard both sides. I understand why the people who who want to get it, get it. And I understand why the people who don't want to get it don't get it. Okay. And I understand. I can, I can see both sides. There's a lot of information and things out there that can you can find that will lead you what one way or another now what happens is and this is this is the main concept i want you to grab onto this morning the truth that we believe is going to dictate how we live our life okay so And, and that's a very, it's a very hard concept, especially for the people, people out there. But the truth that you believe is what's going to dictate your life. Now, if you're truly doing what, you're say, what you said you were doing, and Jesus is your truth, the word's your truth, unchangeable, these are your concepts of truth, is that going to make a difference in how you live your life? Absolutely. Now, Hebrews has to say about truth. Okay? Because the very... If you go to and look at the Webster Dictionary of what the basic meaning of what truth is, it is grounded in facts. Okay? That's what truth is. It's grounded in facts. Okay, I can work with that. All right? Truth is grounded in facts. Okay? Let's find some facts about the Word. Okay? And that's where we should be getting our truth. All right? So go with me. Uh, to Hebrews 1. And we're going to read quite a few verses. Stick with me. We're going to read verses 3 through 12. So don't fall asleep with me as we're reading. All right. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. He upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purification for our sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become as much superior to the angels as a name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. And again, then he brings the firstborn into the world. He says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he said, make his angels the wind and his ministers a flame of fire. But the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprighteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. And they will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe, you will be roll. He, you will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. So, just out of that brief passage right there, what are some truths that we can pull, or some facts that we can pull from this, to prove that Jesus is the truth in our life? It needs to be the truth in our life, and that His words or the things that He speaks is something that we can believe in. Okay. What are some of the facts? Well, first of all, where does Jesus sit? 
the right hand of the Father, of the Creator of the universe. Okay? I think that puts him a little above Fauci and CNN, don't you? I'm just saying. Okay? Alright? And he is going to be there forever. Do you know anybody else that can do that? Not that I know of. I think some people have tried, but I don't think they've made it there yet. Okay? And God has given him the authority. So his word, based on those few things, should be something that we can believe in and guide our life by. How many science books could have that said about them? Hmm? Because if if we're truly basing everything around Jesus and his word, what do we have that is his word? The Bible, right? So if you're comparing that to a science book, can the science book say the same thing? No. No. I thought it was interesting, one of the quiet times we had with Neil Anderson, he was comparing how science and uh, the Bible kind of go against each other. And uh, he said that, you know, we're never really worried about a science book ever getting to the point where it can actually disprove what's in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? There's no great experiment or thing that can happen that can actually <laughs> outdo what is in the Bible. And I thought that was pretty good. I thought, yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? I'm not worried about that. If anything, what does science do? It proves what's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So once again, where are you basing your truth? And so, what is Paul actually concerned about? I mean, why is Paul writing this epistle to this church about this? Hmm? Well, the reason is because is he is concerned that the church at that time is going to fall back into the old Jewish things. All right, the old Jewish teachings. Because it was very widespread at that point, and it was very easy to fall back into those things. And so, Paul was concerned that the church at that point was going to fall back into Judaism, and he didn't want that to happen. Because uh, they have a, they 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 don't go together, if you will, and he wanted to make sure that they understood that the truth of salvation is where they need to focus and to hang on to that truth of salvation. So he's writing this letter to them, trying to encourage them not to fall back into their old ways. Well, it's a good thing things haven't changed, right? Do we still have the same issues today? Absolutely. There are, there are churches that are falling away. There are people who are falling away just because they don't know what to believe. They don't know what truths to hold on to. And Paul is saying here, hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the, the truth of the salvation. Okay? And we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. So the first chapter is setting up and giving credit to the fact that the ultimate authority and truth comes from heaven, from the heavens in the form of his son, which means we should read his word and take it to heart. The interesting part is the issue that was plaguing these Christians is not really any different than today. Christians are all the time falling away, and there are many things in this world that make that make that people take as truth, and they substitute real things. Those they substitute real truth for those things. Does that make sense? So we have truth, and our world has a tendency to take something that's close to what the truth of God is, and then that's what they run with. Okay, so we have to be careful. Because there are some truths out there that are close to what the truths are in the Bible, but they're just a little bit off. And it's amazing how even those truths can guide people to the wrong way. So we have to be careful with the truths that we believe. 
And those truths that you believe are going to dictate the way you live your life. Um, I was listening to a missionary talk. And we were, it was uh, at one of those pastor's luncheons that we had. And it was kind of an eye-opening experience for me, if you will. We were sitting around the table. Uh, he was discussing uh, the work and stuff that he was doing where, in the country that he was working in. And uh, it, was, it was all very interesting, and I enjoyed that. Well, he had come back as partly to the United States so that he could get the, the vaccination. Because that was part of what he had to do to be able to go back. You know, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to have a discussion about the vaccination. He completely took the wind out of my sails. Because there wasn't an argument. All he said was he was trying to get the, the vaccination as soon as possible so that he could get back to the country he was working in so that he could share the gospel. He didn't care about the political stuff that was around him. The only thing he cared about was getting back to the country so that he could start sharing the gospel again with those people. I'm telling you right there, it made me stop and think for a second. Okay? What really matters? Is it the shot? Or is it being out there telling people about Jesus? You know what I'm saying? He was all about telling people about Jesus. Like for the next couple of days, I tell you, I was kind of, it kind of took the wind out of my sails. I was like, well, maybe this is not as big a thing as what they're making it out to be. But what I want you to pull from that story is, what truth was he hanging on to? The gospel. And he felt like that was the truth that he had been called to do, was to share the truth with other people. And by golly, there wasn't going to be anything that would stop him from doing that. Okay? What you believe and the truth that you hang on to is going to dictate how you live your life. And it was obvious the gospel of salvation was the only thing that was guiding this missionary's life. But, hmm, there is something that we can learn from that. So part of the issue that Paul was having with the church is that they were trying to fall away from, from basically the basic truth of salvation. He was, in, he was giving them a warning, and we're going to read about it here in the next chapter, to hang on to the salvation. Yeah, there's a lot of other truth out there, okay? And the Bible's full of lots of truth. But one of the most important ones that they talk about is what? Salvation. The truth of salvation. If we can hang on to the truth that is wrapped up in salvation, is everything else going to kind of make sense? Absolutely. But what happens is we kind of back away from that truth and we start grabbing for other things instead of hanging on to the truth of salvation. Uh, go with me to uh, Hebrews 2. And we're going to read four verses there. Therefore, we must play, pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by the angels, proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received as just retribution. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested by those who have heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to His will. So what does it say there? How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? Okay? He wants us to hold on to the truth of salvation. And what is the truth of salvation? Let's expand on that just for just a minute. When I say the truth of salvation, what am I talking about? Well, it kind of goes good with this time of year, if you will. Who was born around Christmas time? Jesus, right? He came into the world. He lived a perfect life. 
He died on the cross for our sins. Okay? Lived the perfect life. So he could be the offering for us to take our sins. Okay? That's the truth of salvation. And when you get right down to it, is there anything else that really matters? Because of what Jesus did, dying on the cross for our sins, he created a way for us to be able to join him in eternity. And I don't know about you, but my eternity is one of those things I think about quite a bit. Okay? And I'd much rather be going to heaven than to hell. All right? The truth of salvation. Okay? It's something we got to hold on to. So if we don't have truth, we will be led astray. Truth is constant. God's love is never changing. And the truth of salvation is never changing. It is a truth that will set us free from sin. And it is a truth that makes all other truths make sense. Okay? It is all wrapped around what? The truth of salvation. Okay? Both George Gallup and George Barnum uh, eminent pollsters and close church observers have noted declining biblical literacy in the church. Anybody else notice that? I have. The majority of born-again Christians do not believe in absolute truth. 60% of Americans can't name five of the Ten Commandments. 50% of high, schools, high school seniors think Sodom and Gomorrah were married. Mm-hmm. Pastors were not much better informed than the laity. Barnum found that 49% of Protestant pastors rejected core biblical, core biblical beliefs. Our ignorance and willfulness are crippling us. Without truth, the gospel is perverted. Most church-going ad adults reject the accuracy of the Bible. They reject the existence of Satan, and they reject sinlessness, and they reject the sinlessness of Jesus. Many see no need to evangelize and believe that good works are the one key to pursuing or to persuading God to forgive them of their sin. As I was reading that, I pulled that from from uh, one of those uh, uh, websites that has a, that has illustrations. And as I read that, I thought, you know what? There's a lot of truth in that. I mean, when was the last time that you had actually had a conversation with somebody who they really had a firm grip? firm grasp on who Jesus really was or even really want to discuss him it seems like in our world especially now it seems like the interest in things in Christ and in Jesus have definitely taken a, a decline that's why I think it's phenomenal when uh, Susan back there is telling me that she has somebody who's ready and willing to listen to uh, the truth you just don't find that very much anymore okay now, I understand that, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one that does the prompting and, and that stuff. And so we can't take all the responsibility for that. We just have to be ready when those opportunities, those opportunities present themselves. But we still have to live our, live our lives in such a way that it reflects that. You know what I'm saying? But it's just amazing to me how there's just been this huge decline in uh, people being interested in church and anything religious, if you will. Okay. Truth is like a life raft. And if you let it go, we're going to sink and we're going to be led astray by all sorts of things. Salvation is truth and it is a truth that must never be given up or forgotten. There's only one way to heaven and that is Jesus. 
So don't substitute it for something that will allow you to come up short in the end. Okay? Hold on to the truth of salvation. Now, the next step to this. Okay? We understand where we get our truth. We understand that the Bible is, is the ultimate truth, and that's where we're going to start, start the process. We understand that the key to most truth starts with what? The truth of salvation. But is that where we need to stop? Okay, so we understand all that. We're good to go. Well, truth does something else. Truth helps us to grow. Okay? And if you uh, continue reading uh, in Hebrews, let's go to chapter 5, if you will. And let's read a few verses there. Paul encourages them to not just stay put, but to keep learning and to keep pushing forward and to keep learning more truths. Okay? In Hebrews 5.11. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. And how do we do that? How do we sharpen that power of discernment? Hmm? Study of the Word. So do you think that quiet time in the morning when you get up or before you go to bed, depending on when you do it, is very important? Absolutely. I prefer to do it in the morning because I feel like it gets myself ready for the day. Okay? But that's how you're going to sharpen yourself so that you can discern what is good and what is evil. Okay. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again on the foundation of repentance from dead works and the faith and of faith towards God, and the instructions and of instructions about washing, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, to have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the ages to come, and have fallen away. Do you know anybody like that? Who started out and it sounded all good and well, and they're all for it, and then all of a sudden they just begin to drift away. To restore them again to repentance, since they are crucified once, since they once again have crucified the Son of God to their own harm, to hold him up to contempt for the land that has drunk the rain and often falls on it produces a crop useful for those for those whose sake is cultivated, receiving a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure for better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same interest, the earnestness, excuse me, to have the full assurances of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Paul is encouraging us to keep moving forward. Hold on to salvation, but let's take it a step further. Okay? The Bible is full of truth. And it's the only thing that's going to sharpen our mind enough to be able to decipher which direction we need to go. Okay? 
A lot of times the issues and things you see in the world are going to make a lot more sense if you have your head in the Bible. You're going to know which direction to go. Truth is everything. And what you base your truth in is even more important. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, my dad has taught me through the years, uh, he, I don't know where he picked up the saying, but it was a saying that, uh, that's kind of always kind of stuck with me. He's always said, if you're not going forward, then you're moving backwards. Okay? And I believe there's a lot of truth in that. If I'm not continuing to study, continue to push myself forward, then I'm not going to be growing. Uh, when I first started in ministry, um, my dad and I sat down and we were having a conversation and he was beginning to tell me some things that he wanted me to start doing. Just to give me a, full, a more full aspect of what ministry was. And one of those things I believe is uh, he wanted me to start doing uh, baptisms. Well, I'd never done a baptism before. Kind of scared me a little bit, you know. You're holding somebody in the water. What happens if you mess up and drown the person? You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I don't really want to do that. And he's like, don't say no to something before, you, before you've tried it. And you know what? That's kind of stuck with me. Because if I'm willing to try at least once, I might find out that I can do it and do it well. Or it's something that I need to work on. So I did do the baptism. And uh, I did my first one. And believe it or not, I did not drown the person. Okay? And so it all turned out well. We got to constantly be, we got, we have to constantly be moving forward. We have to constantly be learning new truths, studying and putting them into our lives. Otherwise, we're just going to be swaying in the wind. Okay? We've got to be moving forward. Got to. So, as we conclude this morning, what are some things we need to understand? First of all, we need to find truth. And where do we find truth? We find it in the Word of God. Okay? First and foremost, got to go there. It is the one constant. It's the one thing that's never going to change. Then once we find that truth, what do we need to do? We need to hold on to that truth and not let it go. And lastly, we need to move forward with that truth. So we're constantly growing and moving forward so that we can get to that level of maturity that Paul is talking about in Hebrews. Okay? Truth is so important. And like I said, it became more apparent to me, especially now in the day and age we live in. Because sometimes even I have a hard time trying to figure out what is truth and what's a lie. Okay? And the only thing that gets me through is the fact that I can rely on this. The Word of God. Alright? It's the only thing that gives me It's the only thing that gives me understanding. Everything else will fall into place after that. Alright? So hang on to the truth. And remember, the truth you believe is going to dictate how you live your life. So let's make sure we have our truth here. Okay? Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, so much for the opportunity to be in your house. And just to be reminded once again, Lord, that we have to hang on to the truth that you've given us, the truth of salvation. The fact that someday we're going to get to live with you in heaven because of what Jesus did, Lord. And that's really the only truth that matters. Everything else down here is temporal. So, Lord, help us to focus on that and to know that we're moving towards that end. Thank you, Lord, for the truth in our lives and the fact that we can hold on to it and know that it will never be swayed. As things in our world seem to constantly be shifting and moving, Lord, it's nice to have one thing 
that will never change. So thank you, Lord, for being who you are and being part of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Only trust.